Welcome to the Beeson Podcast coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I am Doug Sweeney here with my co-host, Kristen Padilla. Today on the podcast, we have another outstanding Beeson alumnus as a guest. I can't see him, however, for this particular guest is actually joining us by phone. Now, Kristen, would you please introduce today's podcast guest? Welcome, everyone, to the Beeson Podcast. I'm excited to have a fellow Beeson alum with us today, Reverend Dr. Nathan White. He's Associate Dean for the U.S. Army Chaplain Graduate School in Columbia, South Carolina, and the Executive Director of the Institute for Faith and Resilience. An ordained Anglican priest, Nathan has served local parishes and the U.S. Army as a chaplain. He is married to Caroline, and they have three children. In fact, the third child is fairly new. And so congratulations, Nathan, on your most recent uh, child and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. And thank you for having me. Yeah, Henry is uh, not even a month old yet. So we're still trying to get some sleep at times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad to have you here. And uh, we always like to begin uh, getting to know you uh, better on a more personal level. And so why don't you tell us where you're from and anything about your spiritual journey yeah glad to well I'm from Kansas originally uh, Wichita Kansas and uh, I grew up there mostly so I'm a Midwesterner I have an identical twin brother um, and uh, so that was kind of fun growing up I grew up in a uh, non-denominational tradition for the most parts and um, accepted Christ at a young age uh, was was baptized and really sought to serve the Lord uh, from a young age. When I was in kind of junior high and high school, I had kind of a crisis of faith, not so much in doubting, but more in um, a deep struggle with depression that I had during those years. And uh, just really trying to wrestle with where was God in the midst of all of that. Uh, but in the midst of that, I, I had a very clear sense of calling to ministry and and I thought uh, a calling to missions, but I wasn't quite sure what that that looked like. Um, And uh, so after high school, I went to uh, Chicago area, went to Wheaton College, where I uh, pursued um, a degree in Christian education to try to see what the Lord would uh, have for me next. Dr. White, tell us a little bit about your ministry journey, particularly after college. Uh, How did you know you were supposed to become a pastor? What was your call to ministry like, and what has your pastoral experience been like? Yeah, it was kind of gradual, I guess uh, I would have to say. I I had a sense of calling to the ministry, but um, I to be honest, was a bit scared of preaching, <laughs> or more than a bit scared. Um, but when I was at Wheaton, I had the privilege of being mentored by uh, Dr. Lyle Dorsett, who would go on to uh, to serve at Beeson as well. And um, and he really mentored me, and once I graduated from Wheaton and was trying to figure out what I was going to do, I uh, was invited by him to, to come with him to Beeson, because he was moving at that time. Um, and I was quite hesitant uh, to 
to go to seminary because of the preaching aspect. Um, I wanted to, to do missions and do ministry, but I uh, was quite introverted and so didn't really know if that was my cup of tea. So after almost backing out, I decided to try it out and, and go, go to Beeson, and I, I loved it and um, loved actually my preaching class there at Beeson with uh, Dr. Robert Smith, who just was uh, incredible to work with. Um, and during that time, uh, when I went to Wheaton, I had started attending an Anglican church there that uh, Dr. Dorset had planted. And when I went to Beeson, I continued in that journey and was um, ordained in the Anglican tradition. Uh, while I was serving, uh, while I was at Beeson, I got to serve both um, at St. Peter's there in Birmingham and then to uh, help be a part of the team that planted Christ the King Anglican Church. Um, and I guess the story of my life was uh, my calling was unfolding as I <laughs> took the next step. And um, while I was in seminary, I started to think about the Army chaplaincy. Uh, it was not something that I had ever considered before, really, especially given my, my families. Uh, so my dad grew up Quaker and my mother grew up Mennonite. So very uh, strong um, traditions of, of not serving in the military. Um, but I felt a very strong calling at that time, especially with the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan going, uh, going on, to serve the soldiers who were uh, in harm's way. And kind of when I learned about the chaplain's ministry, that essentially there was no one else there who would minister the spiritual needs of these soldiers. Um, I felt uh, just a, a deep sense of calling in sense to be a missionary to this culture. Um, these these soldiers uh, to, to learn their new uh, language, lingo, their, their culture, and to be with them in some of the most difficult times of their lives. Um, when no one else could could be there because of uh, being deployed. And uh, so I did that um, straight out of seminary and was on active duty for a number of years. Um, and then following a few years, I, I uh, decided to join the reserves and to pursue further doctoral studies in England. Um, and then following that, I've been doing some teaching as well as served as associate rector for an Anglican church. So quite a, a, a varied array of uh, pastoral ministry. One of your interests uh, is in the area of resilience, and, and this is something that we really want to dive in on today's uh, show. You have a new book that you co-edited with Christopher C.H. Cook called Biblical and Theological Visions of Resilience, Pastoral and Clinical Insights. So let's begin with what led you to put this book together, and who did you recruit to work on the project? Well, this this book really um, was derived from my experiences as a chaplain. Um, so as I was uh, serving a, as a chaplain, I deployed um, both to Iraq and to Afghanistan uh, separate times. And um, while I was in Afghanistan, I was uh, wounded in combat, um, had a traumatic brain injury. Um, and so as I was seeking to to recover from that over um, kind of the year and years following, um, 
and as I was seeking to to be a chaplain to these soldiers, I I found in my own ministry that there were not the theological resources out there that I would have liked to have seen to help my soldiers and uh, and myself through these times of difficulty. Um, there were there were some things, but I didn't feel that they went as deeply as uh, as I would have liked them to do. So this really uh, kind of led for me to go and do my uh, doctoral work at, uh, at Durham University in the UK, um, where I studied with Chris Cook, who, uh, who co-edited this with me. And he's a, uh, a psychiatrist as well as a theologian and an Anglican priest. And what I did in my um, dissertation is to really look at resilience and um, to try and dig deep, both with the, the actual social science research that is out there uh, regarding human resilience to adversity, but also the the theological depth of, of resources within the Christian tradition um, that that are there to meet those needs. Um, so that was kind of my my doctoral dissertation focused um, on uh, the philosophy of Paul Ricoeur and the theology of Julian of Norwich. Um, as a way of kind of grappling with narrative identity. Um, and then after I finished, um, I just kind of woke up in the middle of the night one night thinking um, there are so many riches in the Christian tradition to help people through through their adversity and through difficult circumstances. So, so why not kind of delve into those? And so I wanted to bring together a group of uh, serious biblical scholars and theologians who could relate their own areas of expertise to this area of resilience, which has kind of in some ways become a very significant cultural construct for us. Um, so Chris and I, we worked together to, to get a great group of scholars um, including uh, at Oxford, Carol Harrison and Joanna Colquitt McGrath and John Swinton and Aberdeen, and then others from Baylor and Durham and Emory, and then a couple uh, Beeson alums, even uh, Andy Byers, and then Noel Forlini, Bert, Rebecca Pohez, as well as um, Beeson's Carl Beckwith. Uh, we, we had a lot of uh, great people contribute to this. Uh, skipped your name as well. Um, yeah, so. Uh, the idea was all these people who have a, a great depth of insight into the biblical canon as well as to particular theologians, um, why not have them kind of take this and, and have a very pastoral um, implications of their work all, all within one volume. So tell us a little bit, Nathan, about the riches that you've referred to. Uh, what is in the book? What are you and your authors doing in it? What are the biblical and theological visions of resilience that you're serving us with here? Yeah, great question. Well, I wish we could have included more because there's uh, there's so so much that could have been included. Um, like we weren't able to include anything on the Book of Job, for instance. But there's there's just so much we had to stop somewhere. But it's it's everywhere uh, from Noel took uh, the book of Deuteronomy and Israel's desert wandering, and related that to our experiences sometimes of, of spiritual deserts and um, dryness. Um, Andy Byers took the Gospel of John um, and uh, related the themes of uh, abiding 
um, in Christ to to resilience. Would others take um, the book of Lamentations? What do you do when you cannot form a coherent narrative about what God is doing in the situation, and how should that inform the way we understand um, resilience? And then all the way to um, various theologians throughout the church. Um, so Carl Beckwith took Martin Luther and um, the promise of the gospel, and how should this inform um, how we view the world and our own experiences of, of difficulty, um, all the way to, to Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Jürgen Moltmann. And um, uh, yeah, we don't have time to go into all of it, but it, it's interesting. We said visions of resilience because I, I kind of feel like it's kind of like a, a crystal, like where there's so many different facets and each um, book of the Bible, each theologian kind of provides a different facet to help understand um, how we might apply the riches that are contained there within our current situations uh, today. What about, uh, you, you mentioned a biblical, that the Bible has, uh, of course, something to say to us about resiliency, but how might a biblical text such as, you know, what comes to mind as Lamentations inform a Christian understanding of resilience? Yeah, uh, great question. Well, I think in our culture today, we're we're very apt to try to jump to the answer, um, you know, to say, uh, we've got it all figured out, or or um, God makes everything better, um, or you know, uh, don't worry about it; it'll it'll all be better in the in the future. Um, which, at one level, perhaps is partially true; at another level, is not as pastorally sensitive or helpful. And the Book of Lamentation, I think, provides kind of a, a cautionary tale in this respect, where um, you have. Uh, the Israelites in the aftermath of, of terrible destruction, sitting and uh, and lamenting, and um, they aren't able to put the pieces together. Uh, they're still in the midst of their pain, of the difficulty, and crying out to God for it. Um, and uh, what what the particular author in, in, has to say uh, in in this volume is essentially that. Uh, this is a form of resilience to be able to sit with our pain um, without it being fully synthesized, without everything being made right, but to be able to nonetheless turn that into a prayer. Um, and so in some sense, this is a vision of resilience that um, everything doesn't have to be made right right now. We can sit in the pain and be real with God in the midst of it. Nathan, do you want to say a word about what this has to do with our congregational lives? Uh, how would we apply the contents of your book to the ministries of pastors, to the ministries of church people who are trying to be an encouragement to one another? I think um, the scriptures and the Christian tradition have so much to offer uh, our ministries and those sitting in the pews. Um, and I think just too often we we don't catch that vision of, of how it might be applied. And um, so these are just a kind of a couple of uh, examples that we're trying to give of these are ways that these texts can speak very deeply to us in the midst of our difficulty currently. I mean, um, there's a lot of research that shows 
that our culture is becoming less resilient instead of more resilient, um, especially if you look at the data concerning young people, suicides and, and mental health, health issues and these all, all these kind of things. And uh, you could point your finger at a lot of number of different directions of why that might be. But, um, but I think the point for us as ministers is that um, these aren't issues that we can kind of sweep under the rug. Um, but we as pastors have a role to play alongside uh, healthcare practitioners and others to uh, bring the life of Christ and to bring uh, holistic um, ministry and holistic healing to those in the congregation. And the wisdom of the scriptures, the wisdom of the church through the ages has so much to speak um, to this. Uh, I mean, even if you look at uh, Martin Luther, for instance, and his table talks, so many of these were about um, dealing with depression and um, talking with young pastors and those at his table how to deal with a lot of these things. Um, and yet these resources are not often known or appropriated or applied um, today. And so um, when we talk about kind of being resilient and that sort of thing, one of the things I'm trying to help us to see is we don't have to come up with new solutions. Um, these aren't necessarily new problems that we're having. Uh, and there are so many resources within our tradition that we can draw upon to, to help um, those to whom we minister. You've talked about your own experience as a military chaplain and being wounded um, in service. Uh, how does resiliency, uh, as you think about those in the military and those serving in chaplaincy, uh, maybe a word uh uh, as, as resiliency relates to those serving in those capacities. Uh, and then also for those who are considering uh, chaplaincy, specifically military chaplaincy, as a, a way to work out their, their vocational min- call to ministry, uh, what special role do chaplains play and why should uh, men and women consider military chaplaincy? Well, for me, um, I found it to be a very rewarding ministry. Uh, there are very few places in American society today where um, there's so much regard for formalized uh, ministers. And in the military, every unit has a chaplain. And so um, I was the chaplain for anywhere between 600 and 1,800 soldiers and their families. Um, a lot of whom, most of whom were not Christians, but um, I had a very unique and special opportunity just to, to be with these soldiers in the midst of what they were going through, whether they were on exercise or whether they were just doing maintenance on vehicles. Um, I just wanted to hang out with them, spend time with them, get to know them. And um, many who would never darken the door of a church, when they were facing difficulties, um, whether family or, or marriage issues or anxiety or um, or faith issues, they would come and talk with me, and that gave me an opportunity to, to be the presence of Christ there with them, um, to share with them um, the, the hope that I had. And um, so... I found it to be just a very unique and rewarding ministry. Um, got to do a lot of 
fun things too, like travel a lot, um, rappel out of helicopters, and um, fun things like that uh, that are fun for some people at least, um, as well as really unique opportunities like uh, giving aid uh, personally to, to Iraqi school children and interfacing with local religious leaders overseas. So um, I find it to be um, just a, a special type of ministry um, that is parallel to and um, and engages with with local parish ministry, but um, but you get to be with your parishioners for 24/7 essentially a lot of times, and um, these are also people who wouldn't normally come to a church. Um, so it's a unique opportunity, and I, I believe that God um, is calling some people into this type of ministry, and, and um, I'd encourage them to look into it if that is the case. So many of us are talking about the importance of resilience in ministry today, and it sure is good to have real experts with us to help us out. You have been listening to Beeson alumnus, the Reverend Dr. Nathan White, who is the Associate Dean for U.S. Army Chaplain Graduate School in Columbia, South Carolina, and Executive Director of the Institute for Faith and Resilience. We are grateful to him for being on today's program. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes.